0: Overly Dedicated, Part 1, Ignorance is Bliss, by All Hail N'Jadaka. King N'Jadaka will be visiting the White House today. The humdrum voice of a woman bleeds from the Bose speakers inside the blacked-out Maybach that was currently slithering through the back streets of Capitol Hill. The driver tried to lead a discreet path to their destination, however the brazen matte black finish of the car and the colorful flags that jut out from the hood on either side didn't make it an easy feat. People of the brown variety lined the streets hooting and hollering as it passed. She droned on. This will be his first visit ever since the war ended. Officials saying Wakanda nicknamed the selfish country by a few are still holding back on their vibraniums. Cut that shit off. Injadaka grumbled, rolling his eyes as his thumb slid up the feed of his Instagram. A perfect pair of voluptuous cocoa orbs stared back at him, his tongue wiping over his lips. Damn, he breathed. Shit sittin'. His finger couldn't double tap fast enough. Only the scratchy sound of her clearing her throat brought him back to reality. Don't you think you need to stare at us as we're heading to the biggest day of your life, Eric? Monet quipped, her British accent causing his lips to turn into a snarl. Shut the fuck up, he drawled, glancing at her before he pressed down on the lock button, causing the screen to go dark. Most important day of these niggas' lives, not mine. You know what I mean? She started and was stopped just as quick. He continued. Nah, mine was 31 years, 5 months, and 2 days ago. But shit, that was the most important day for everyone. They just ain't knew then. Bet they know now. They never would have guessed a nigga like me would be running this shit. His lips curled back into a smirk, causing his eyes to squish together, and his bright white smile to glint in the low light. The infamous pair of pointed gold fronts that encapsulated his far-bottomed teeth, making an appearance. She pushed a harsh breath out, her head slightly swaying from side to side at his remark. So damn ignorant. Also He threw his head back as a guttural laugh roared from his lips. He cracked himself up. Shit, she cracked him up. That was one of the many reasons he kept his quick-lipped assistant around. Well, that among other attributes, including her vast knowledge, her organizational skills, and the fact she never folded. No matter how much he probed and nitpicked, she kept her composure. He needed someone like that in his corner, an ally. He was the antagonist to a lot of people, and although it never fazed him, it did get strenuous at times. ''King, we are here!'' The driver interrupted their routine exchange as the huge wrought iron gates rolled open. Men in black lined the driveway as they moved through. It wasn't long before they stopped and his door opened, causing the king to immediately slip on the dark pair of super sunglasses. It was bright out, his eyes still strained behind the flat-top designer frames as his retro ones collided with the concrete. Habitually, his hand went to grip at his package in the light-washed fray jeans to stop them from falling. Some nigger shit. That surely got the female corner of the crowd going. "'Not in me, nigger!' he heard. "'Let this pussy be another mark, daddy!' got him whirling his head around to put a face to the nasty mouth that remark came from. However, he couldn't find the freak because his attention was snatched by the Honorable Hot Cheeto and his mumbling mummy. Eric Stevens, so nice to finally meet you, to sit down with you. First, I want to say thank you for your service. I feel like we two are alike, us too. We get a lot of flack for our decisions but no one takes the time to appreciate that what we've done for this country. You and those shithole countries, cleaning them up, me on Wall Street. He rambled from the start, causing Eric's face to slump into that of boredom. And when the con man jutted his hand out for a handshake, he couldn't fake the funk like he promised Monet he would. He stares at the orange stained hands until they retreated away, causing Monet to jam her bag into his back discreetly. He grunted, cool, uh, nice to meet you too and all that, this diplomatic shit is new to me so bear with me, I don't do handshakes, germs and all that. The lace front of the almighty orange shifted slightly in the wind as he reared back in laughter, this guy's is funny, he yelled wrapping his arm around Eric's broad shoulders as he escorted him through the doors of the most famous home on the planet, hoping to schmooze his way to riches, a continuation of his legacy. Hey, they better call a paramedic in the street, I got leverage in the street, I'm a California nigga and I'm heavy in these streets. The bass of the song seemed to hit harder as the piano notes seemed to chime in even more perfectly than the first five times the DJ cued the song in, causing the club to go into a celebratory uproar. The location in time and space, frankly, had more to do with the vibe of the club and the digestion of the music seeping from the huge speakers. Los Angeles, California, 1 a.m. Approximately nine and a half hours after the meeting with Head Cheeto in charge ended abruptly, causing Eric to swag out of the doors to his car even more arrogant than he had went in. See, he knew the parley would be televised before he even agreed upon it, which made it easier for the revolution to finally appear on screen. Journalists or media outlets weren't allowed in Wakanda, per a rule set in place by kings long ago, a rule Eric took a liking to. He wasn't with the whole keep your enemies close shit, which led him to finally speak up at this supposedly peaceful meeting of leaders his only option in getting a clear-coat message out to the people. Finally, sitting back in his armchair listening to the leader of the free world go on and on about a treaty, Eric interrupted. Fuck all that. I don't want no fucking treaty. Only reason I stepped in this bitch is to let the black people of America know that the revolution is being televised. He stared directly into the camera his short dreads hanging over his forehead wildly, and gold teeth shining. The image of the white man's nightmare. Reparations for the treatment of my people will be dispensed by the Wakandan government. One million each. A real opportunity for my people to change their life. With that, the cameras flicked the reaction of the man sitting across from him as questions bombarded his space, causing his lips to quirk into a genuine smile. Oh, did he love frazzling the whites. Plump asses swayed left and right in the VIP section of the club, causing his dick to thud in the wax black Hudson jeans he was wearing. He couldn't wrap his head around how many women adorned dresses that cupped right under their cheeks, also dipping dangerously low in the front, their cleavage on full display. The pickings for the relief of his cage snake were bountiful, and he enjoyed every bit of it. Not that any other night he didn't have semen demons lined up around the block, ready to catch whatever he threw at them. It was just that tonight was special. When a bitch knew the cause of her becoming a millionaire overnight had roamed back to his home coast, the rare occasion had to be celebrated. And the boy, he was being celebrated. Ladies! The overly boisterous DJ sung on the mic. Make sure you go and thank that Oakland nigga tonight for making you broke bitches millionaires. Niggas, stop hatin', cause you know your bum ass gon' be down in that line tomorrow like the rest of us. <laughs> the six members of the Door Milaje stood erect, spears in hand, each one internally manic at the stupid suggestion of the disc jockey. Women lined up on the other side of the burgundy velvet rope pleading to be an exception, to just be let inside. Eric stood on the couch, a gold bottle of Ace in his hand as he bobbed his head to the music by his favorite rapper. Favorite rappers, favorite trapper. He captioned a picture of himself speaking to a room full of small brown faces on his Instagram. It was a few days after he had first heard the Kendrick Lamar-led track that was inspired by his bold antics. A nod to his activism and he was elated to say the least. Champagne had a different effect than the Hennessy he usually got off of. It left him lush and sensitive, however more muddled in the morning. He was cool with it though. As long as his dick got to quiver in pleasure as he plunged in and out of some wet, he could risk blacking out later. That wasn't the only thing he was willing to risk. Venereal diseases and maybe a little nigger came straight to the top of the list after the first bulletin. When he saw her snake through his guards, a leather bodysuit acting as her second skin, a high ponytail ignoring the top of her head, which immediately became the second most enticing thing on her, besides the thing poking out back. In the blink of an eye, he imagined gripping it as he laced her with backshots. "'Thank you, Daddy,' She purred into his ear. He studied her body, wrapped. For what? His voice, deep, bellowed back in hers, causing her tummy to flutter. Don't be so bashful now. I'm here to represent all black people when I say we appreciate what you did for us. Yeah? He pulled backward, nodding his arm, wrapping around her top waist as his hand inched to her ass, taking a piece in his hand. You willing to show me how much? Ryan! Hurry up, bitch! The girl screeched down the hall as she stepped into her red-bottomed stilettos, her pinky toes immediately screaming out loud as she did. Down the hall, just beyond the threshold of her bedroom door, the pecan-hued woman wrapped the straps of her jeweled Manolo Blahnik heels up from her hand to her thick thighs, stopping short of the destroyed light-washed jeans she desired to pair with a flowery emerald green top that drooped off of her shoulders. She made her way to the mirror to comb through the already bone-straight, jet-black hair that reached down to her ass. Slipping two carat but diamond studs in her ears were the last touches to the cute and casual outfit she had picked at random only 20 minutes ago after exiting the shower. She was a stark contrast to her roommate, who was calling her name yet again. The girl she called Lay, short for Layzana, had been frantic the whole day ever since she heard the news. She had dragged her roommate-turned-bestie in her room and forced her to sift through her closet for a sexually appealing outfit just like every other available, and not-so-available woman in the city limits. Everyone but Ryan cared. It showed by her loose-fitting jeans and minimal makeup. Bitch acting like a king coming through. She rolled her eyes, grabbing her clutch from the bed, stuffing her phone in the small velvet bag as her clear heels clicked down the hardwood planks. Finally, Lazana breathed, the Uber is downstairs, probably charging me. Ugh. You look plain as fuck to say it took you as long as you did, bitch. Um, maybe because I was helping your head ass? And you know I don't fuck with Ubers. What you doing, sis? Her perfectly manicured eyebrows arched more in the air. I don't have time for your fear of Uber right, bitch. My husband is doing a club hosting. Which is questionable, actually. Ryan remarked. What other leader of an actual country is hosting parties? For real, for real. Some nigga shit. Always gotta be a black person. She wanted to meal out more of her hatred for this weirdo that every black girl, every girl of every race, seemed to thirst over. But she was being yanked out of the front door. Traffic jam is packed. The music inside the Uber was lowered as the gray-haired man interrupted the early 2000s singing fest the girls were having in the back of the Suburban. They had paid extra for a private Uber and extra to be dropped off to their destination. However, that was looking like a useless measure. Let's just get out and walk, Ryan suggested, looking out of her window, seeing people littering the streets. Uh, I think the fuck not. Lay scratched her face up. I didn't have the soles of my shoes recasted just to walk down the damn strip and fuck them up again. Ryan shook her head. Three. Count them three. That was the third time since her friend had bought those heels did she get the recognizable bottoms of her shoes lacquered. To Ryan, it was the stupidest, most useless thing in the world. Sure, she loved herself a good shoe, however, Christian Louboutin heels sucked for the mere fact that when you bought them, they required upkeep. And Ryan just wasn't the kind of person that cared to keep anything in condition that didn't bolster her career or tenacity, which was exactly why she didn't own the classic stilettos. Let's go, bitch, before I tell him to turn around. This time, Ryan was doing the pulling as she dragged Lay out of the Uber and into the crowd that headed to Crazy Girls. Wailing could be heard as they finally made their way to the build- building, the voices of women going hoarse as they cried to the tops of their lungs. Ryan zoomed in on the spectacle that was causing the reaction. Her eyes widened, seeing the bald head small but commanding army of black women. It was a sight to see. One to witness as a black woman was awe-inspiring. She was stuck in her spot as they bypassed her. Suddenly, she was knocked from the moment, literally as a brick wall came crashing into her. Since when did brick walls move? She questioned, looking up from the ground to spot that exact wall. Her lips turned down in a deep scowl as cusses flew from her lips. "'You don't see me fucking standing here, bitch-ass nigga!' Her words cut through the air, causing him to halt his steps, along with the women surrounding him, including the leather-clad one under his arm. Eric's neck swiveled, the fire that had been at bay the moment he overtook his rightful throne, in his eyes reigniting when they landed on her face.